Welcome to the Sliders and Curveballs podcast. My name is Mike, and I'm here with my son, Joseph. Together, we are learning sports one game at a time. There's also no go on the ball screen. Show big just threw them off. Underneath, Caravan on a zone. And they call Hawkins' number again. Caravan with the offensive rebound. And super skilled going either way. Caravan, he hasn't missed. The Ryan Kalkbrenners are Eric Dixons of the world. That's right. Caravan gives the Husky screen and a rescreen. Pin down. Can shoot it. There's the answer from downtown. And he rattles it. Hope the over under at 16. <laughs> and a three ball response. Mike Schlinger. Transition three from. How those teams winning the game? That's what it's about, Rocky. Please. Look at Carabao. Back to the short. Look at how quickly Jackson pushes in transition. Caravan, 4-3. By the way, hit a couple buckets at the other end. The fade pass from Caravan to Sonogo, up to 20. Oh, can't hold on. Lincoln has to go through, gets a second chance, doesn't miss this time. How are they ranked so low? Beautiful pass. Hey, this guy Caravan with the ball, swing and sets a pick. A good look. And a big man. Two-hand flush. Stretch the defense. Just what the doctor ordered. That's college basketball. How about that pass right yeah. there? Back at. Get him here. Get him three years and send him on to the NBA. And this is his third junior season. And oh my. Even Clark doing the tournament. I was not able to follow the women that much. Alex Caravan. Three. Offensive Caravan for three. On a high bit. Pick and rolls, it's all about handoffs. With the first pick in the 2023 Sliders and Curveballs Championship podcast, Joseph selects Alex Caraban from the University of Connecticut. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And Joseph, who did I sound like there? Adam Silver. That's exactly right. So thank you for joining us. Um, we're, we're definitely so excited uh, to have you here. Joseph is going to throw out our first pitch. Hi, Alex. Congratulations on the championship. I play majors baseball and travel basketball sports all year. Growing up as a 10-year-old, who taught you how to shoot and which players did you pretend to be on your driveway? Ooh, um, I'd definitely say my dad. He definitely taught me everything about basketball, so... We'd play horse together. He'd, he'd rebound for me in the driveway all the time. And really, whenever he was available and whenever I was available, we'd just go out and shoot outside for a couple hours, a couple times a day. So he definitely was the one that taught me how to shoot and really helped me with rebounding. And then players I looked, I looked up to, definitely Kobe. He's I was a big Celtics fan, and then seeing him kill my Celtics damn near every game was <laughs> was a little hurtful but you know I definitely looked up to him there then right now I'd say my favorite player is Jason Tatum so you know I'm just looking up to him right now and just really trying to do what he does a lot of my friends in school are Warriors fans so they're always like teasing me about Tatum 
Oh, Warriors fans. That's what I said. That's bad. This is the East Coast. <laughs> this is the East Coast, not the West Coast. Exactly. You got to support your hometown teams. And we have a big game tonight against, uh, we're going to try to close out the Hawks, right? Yep. Yep. So we'll be watching. Now, you first joined UConn and took a red shirt year. You watched veteran players like RJ Cole, Tyler Polly, Isaiah Whaley go through the season. What impact did it, did it have on you as a person, a student, and a player, and then now a champion? Oh, it had a huge impact on me. I think if I didn't make that decision, I don't think I would have played as many minutes. I don't think I would have had the impact for a team that we did have. So battling Isaiah every day in practice, battling Tyrese, Tyler, those veteran forwards there was killing me at practice. I mean, they really got the best of me, and they really made me so much of a better player to where I was able to learn from them. I was able to learn their leadership. I was able to learn when Coach really got hard on them on how to respond and what to do. So... You know, being in that locker room with those veteran guys was a huge learning experience for me, just seeing how they would react for Coach Hurley, how they react after a loss, or how they react after a big win. So really enjoying all the moments with them. But also going in the weight room, I lost 20 pounds coming out of high school and then gained, basically just lost 20 pounds of fat, gained muscle. So a huge body transformation from the start. And then, you know, RJ especially. I mean, he was a huge leader. I've learned from one of the best leaders in RJ. Then this year... I learned from one of the best leaders in Andre, so in Adama. So those three especially really gave me an easy transition to college, I'd say. That's fantastic. And now you have some leadership that you're going to pass down to this new five freshmen mm-hmm. that are coming in. So they'll be looking to you for what happens <laughs> after a loss or after a win, how you conduct yourself, et cetera. So that's great. I heard your college roommate is my friend Donovan Klingen, who I met last month at Red Fox. Share some dorm secrets with our listeners that your parents and Coach Hurley might not love. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. That's dirty, Joe. (laughs) Me and Donovan, you know, people can say we're similar personality, but we are the complete opposite. I mean, you know, he's he's very antsy, so, you know, like he can't sit in this room. So, you know, he's got to go out and, like, go support, like, the soccer team, go watch football, go hang out with friends. And me... I'm a dorm kid. I love staying inside, doing all, you know, just relaxing, really. And Donovan, you know, great roommate. I got nothing bad to say for him, but you know, he's gotta, he's gotta stop doing his laundry at 7 a.m. when I'm trying to sleep. He's gotta, <laughs> he's gotta stop vacuuming early in the mornings. He's gotta, you know, he's an early bird, and like I'm an early bird too. But like he's like an early, early bird, so he's gonna get up and you know, make the house loud sometimes. So, you know, 7 a.m. vacuuming. Yeah, I don't know why he does that. He says he gets the most energy in the morning, so he tries to get everything done in the morning. So, but we wouldn't—I wouldn't say we do anything bad as roommates. We're respectable guys. A lot of pizza, <laughs> a lot of video games. A lot of pizza we have. A lot of video games. We have a TV in the common room now, so people come over and watch. You know, when when his barber comes, our spots for haircuts really. So, have the team over there sometimes and. You know, it's a good roommate. He's a very social guy, so, you know, everyone loves hanging around with him. That's do you, cool. Do you ever hear, like, dribbling early in the morning around you? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we save that for the gym. <laughs> we don't got any basketballs here. Well, he has – he's a big fisher, so if you walk into our room now, you're going to see, like, 10 fishing rods just hanging in our living room. Oh, that's room. awesome. So he's big into fishing, and then he's slowly designing our room with posters and uh, – banners and all that stuff that's awesome yeah joe loves to fish he caught a a five pound bass uh 
out on Candlewood Lake. Uh, when I was like six. When he was six, he was battling <laughs> it in and almost pulled him into the water. Now, where is the bucket hat right now that Klingon had? Is that, do you, did you take the bucket hat or is it uh, retired? Is it? I, I'd hope it's retired. I was probably his number one hater with the bucket hat. I was tired of seeing, <laughs> I was tired of him wearing the bucket hat and all that stuff. Um, I haven't seen it on him recently, so I'm assuming it's retired. <laughs> and I think at this point, he would want to work for a 2024 bucket hat. So <laughs> I think that's his new move. And I scared Joseph. I said, okay, who's going to spot? Because um, we a lot of times we play this game when a guest is coming. We say, who's going to spot the guest first, you know? And I said, uh, what if Donovan's driving him? You know, I don't know if, if Alex has his license or he's driving in. And, he, and I said, oh, no, he wouldn't be driving him because he's in the hospital today. And he almost had a heart attack. And I said, really? oh, no, I didn't mean. I said, no, I meant he's visiting, visiting the hospital like he's visiting kids in the hospital. And, and Joe was like, he's, he's hurt? And I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean that. <laughs> I took, took the breath away from him. He's all good. He's all healthy. He's good. <laughs> he's we, we can confirm Donovan is healthy. And so is Alex. Yes. Okay. I'll go next. So the Big East was, it, it has always been a tremendous conference. Um, neighborhood rivals, border wars. You went undefeated in the non-conference, but lost several Big East, lost two several Big East teams this year. Why do you think? Yeah, I'll just say the Biggies. I mean, it's one of. The, I think it's the best league in the country. It's super talented, and I think really just the players are familiar with each other. The coaches are familiar with each other. So, you know, going against a Xavier team, a Marquette team, where you know they have played Adama three times before, or not three times, like three years for the past three years. They've played Andre for the past three years. They've seen how Coach Hurley operates for, you know, countless years. So. You know, it's tougher and just teams are way more familiar with each other. They're familiar more with the offenses and the defenses to where they're able to prepare more. So I think they had the advantage in that just from the past experiences. And the non-conference teams, it's hard to prep for us for one day. It's hard to prep for us for a couple days. So as we started in the tournaments and the early stretch of the season and transition to Big East, you know, it's no secret that we try to give it to Adama. And I think the Big East teams from the past experiences, we're able to realize on what to do to stop it. Now, how much did your game personally change from January to March? Oh, it, it changed so much. I think I became so much of a better player just from the Big East. I think I was able to attack the basket more offensively, which is something I developed and wanted to develop. But more importantly, I think my defense changed drastically. I think during that stretch in January, we had like four back-to-backs of like where we played Hopkins to Kaluma to Prosper to Fremantle. That stretch really kicked my ass. I mean, those four players got the best of me. I really learned from that, and they made me so much of a better player to where I was able to learn from experience. That's what Coach Hurley always told me, just don't get too down on yourself. It's your first time playing against these amazing forwards. You're going to learn from it. You're going to do way better when you see them again. And having that confidence that he had in me, and I just believed in myself more to where I improved and was able to hold myself more the next time we played each other. That's great. I mean, I could see the change. Those guys, they they gave work, and uh, uh, those are four really good players. Yeah. Absolutely. Go for another one, Joe. Pretend I'm a five-star recruit visiting UConn this weekend. Walk me through what I'm going to experience. Practice, team events, tours, and nil discussions. How will you and coaches Get me to join the team. <laughs> I think it should be an easy job. You know, you do want to come to UConn, you know. You want to win that. Yeah, you, you want to win a national championship. We just did that. You always want to play on the highest level in the Big East and at a conference going to 
outside the country for those tournaments during Thanksgiving or, you know, always just putting yourself in a position to win. So Coach Hurley and the rest of the coaching staff, they bring the best out of you. You know, they're going to work you. They're going to really push you, and they're going to try to make you a better player on the court. And then off the court especially, they turn you into a, a whole different man when you walk out of UConn. So that's just something that they don't get enough credit for. And they really change you as a person in great ways. And, you know, they just put you in the best positions to be. I mean, you see Jordan Hawkins, who is like top 75 player in this country, four-star, come out and he's should be a lottery pick this year and you know same thing with I know <laughs> same with Adam and same with Andre you know not highly ranked players coming in and now putting coach Hurley and the coach staff put them in the best position to possibly be first rounders second rounders in the NBA draft so you know they're going to change you they're going to put you in the best position possible and you know the student section I mean the students love UConn basketball both on the men's and women's side and it just has such a rich history to where you have to respect UConn. A lot of people from UConn, like back in the old 2017, Jalen Adams, they became like for, like second-round picks that are now like bench players your G League, mm-hmm. like James Booknight. He, he deserves a lot more. Oh, yeah. He has a lot more talent, but Hornets aren't starting him <laughs> much. He, he deserves more. He does deserve more. I'm not going to comment on the Hornets, but, you know. <laughs> You know, James is a great player, and I know he's doing his best out there. Now, can you talk a little bit about our players coming in saying, hey, coach, what do you what do you have for me for nil? Mm-hmm. How, am I, how am I going to make the most money here in addition to trying to win a championship, which which a lot of the coaches are telling me that I might do? Mm-hmm. Um, do does, that, does that factor into a lot of the young kids when they're going to school? I'd say for in high school, I think so, just because, you know, high school kids, they might not realize the importance of outside NIL deals. But I think once you get to the college level, I don't think it should affect you. I know here at UConn, we don't focus on that. If you want to come play for Coach Trailer, you're going to come play for him just because you see the benefits outside of NIL. And although NIL is a great deal, I know UConn, they've done a tremendous job of trying to get our names out there, trying to get as much money as possible. So... I think that's just an additional bonus to playing here. Absolutely. Let me get. Let me give a little dribble action for that. Which one's my dribble? Here we go. So a few weeks ago, I read, and you can't believe everything that you read on Twitter, but I read that you guys run 60, 70 different plays. <laughs> I don't know if they're authentic. You can verify if you like. They were out there. Joe has seven plays. Uh, tell me if if any of these names sound familiar, and if they do, give, maybe give me a brief overview of what they might be. Okay. Cross, zipper, Miami, pop. No, nah, none of those words are in any of our plays. They're, they're, <laughs> th- these, it's a fake list. I'm going to give you one more. Strong, fan, Ricky, twirlback. No. What? Horns, no. ghost, strong, dribble, staggerback? We have, okay, well... Horns ghost, but not the rest of those words. Okay. So maybe it's a variation. Now, this was my favorite wait, 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 one. Hold one on. More. I know. There's one more. Don't give it away. I'm going to. All right. This is Joseph's favorite. Get the hell out of Caravan's way. There's six seconds left before halftime. <laughs> that, that is actually a recently added play during the, during the timeout. So, yeah. <laughs> Coach Hurley is yelling that on the sideline. <laughs> All right, well, we went one for four. So two I'm, for four. Two for four. I'm sorry to the Boneyard, which is a mega 
complex on the on the uh, internet for fans, but some of those were not correct, except for number four for sure. And then they yeah. run a horns play, of course. Yeah. Do you have a favorite player too that you like, m- minus the terminology? That's just something like Joseph. You guys will run wings. You'll run DHO. DHO okay. double. Box one, box two. You got uh-huh. slob Stack. plays, blob plays, yeah. yeah Do you have one that's uh, that right. you just know is money that you guys, if you run something out of a timeout, it's mm-hmm. going to get some buckets? Yeah, I think my favorite play this year, and we added it later in the season, was where there would be like a couple handoffs action, back screen, but then the main part that gave it away was when Jordan was running from the right wing to the left wing, and I'm, come, I'm coming across as if I'm running from the left to the right wing, but okay. instead I curled Jordan, we kind of like – curl off each other to where we just switch back and run back to the original size that we were running to and um if you that play is uh the first play that we ran in the second half against Iona where Jordan got the and one three I think it just it just looks cool then we started running against Arkansas and this we tried running the first play against Arkansas it was a turnover then we ran it again and if you watch, you see two of the Arkansas players just run straight into each other. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah, <laughs> they just collide into each other. I think I think that little motion is just so cool. Dude, that's like <laughs> like, it's very much a football play. Dude, that's like double loop. Yeah. Cross. That's mm-hmm. awesome. We're so excited. We're knocking our microphones around here. All right, Joe. What do you got? What's your next one on your hit list here? You're very lucky to have Coach Hurley in addition to Hall of Famers Jim Calhoun and Gino Oriema around you daily. Mm-hmm. Tell us something you learned from these legends. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with Coach Calhoun. I mean, he would talk to us before every time we would leave for March Madness, so before we leave for Albany, Vegas, and Houston. And um, he really just shared his words of wisdom. He really shared how much belief he had us in the team, how much confidence that he had, and really just this is like a once-in-a-lifetime moment. It's hard to make it a national championship game, and it's hard to leave yourselves in history. So... And he really believed that we could do it. So I think just hearing that from him really helped. And then sharing his stories of how he would recruit other players, as in Shabazz and Kemba and just Emeka, their mentalities towards basketball and their mentalities towards everything really helped me as a player. And just hearing the similarities that we might have within each other. And then for Gino, I think it was just super cool to have him around in Houston. I mean, he's won 11 national championships. He's He's way funnier. He's he's a funny dude just to be around and just sharing his experience too on just how legendary of a moment it is. And, you know, he told me after it's cool to win one, but now go win a second one and now just could keep winning and keep winning and just he told me now there's just the target on our backs just gonna be huge now. I mean, after winning a national championship, everyone's gonna wanna come after you and just beat you now, no matter how well you did last year or this year, they don't care about it. You, you want to beat the defending national champs. So we just got to be ready for that for the upcoming season. And then Coach Hurley, you know, see him every day in practice. He's always just a great coach and just, you know, someone that you really, really want to play for. I mean, the intensity, the passion that he has for this game is something that just makes you want to go harder on the court and just makes you want to go harder in practice and just really wants you to make, he really wants you to become a better player. And that's just originally what he cares about. I told my dad early in the season um, when we beat Alabama, I said, if we could beat Alabama, the overall one seed in the tournament, then we could beat anybody in this tournament. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. And I think that's... And that's what happened. No, Yeah, that is what happened. I think that was like, even that Alabama game, that was a huge confidence booster for us because when we did lose six out of our eight games, we could turn back and be like, we beat Alabama, who's the number one team in the country. Like, we shouldn't be down on ourselves. You know, as a fan, you're waiting for 
the transition of that week to get to the final four. I'm crawling out of my skin. I, I work a 40-hour-a-week job. I can't even concentrate. My boss is saying stuff to me. I'm not even paying attention. I'm checking Twitter. I'm reading articles. I'm pacing around my own house. Mm-hmm. What, so what are you thinking as a, as a player during that one-week gap period where you're, you're progressing through the tournament, but you have such a long time to get to the next game? How do you, how do you occupy your mind? How do you, how do you calm your nerves, your excitement? Yeah. And, no, it's hard to do that. I mean, you're just so antsy and just anxious to get out there and start playing. And then the couple of days before the game, too, you have a whole bunch of media stuff you have to do, a whole bunch of video stuff. So it gets antsy, and I think the anticipation really just builds up. But I think we just reflect back on what's gotten us here and to where we stay patient, we stay locked in, stay mentally focused. I think that was the biggest thing for us is we really limited our physical reps in practice, like playing up and down and you know not doing as much contact. But... I think the mental reps really helped us watching the scout when you're not in the scout or just taking notes on what the team wants to do, wants to run, and then the mental reps on what type of moves that the players want to do, whether they always want to get to the right-hand hook or they do like a between-step back, just taking those mental reps as well. I think that was just huge for us, for our team. And I think the mental reps and like the mental capacity that we had as a team really lifted us up into giving us an advantage on scouting-wise. That's awesome. I, I kept hearing the word identity. Mm-hmm. Stick to your identity. What got you here, and just try not to go out of character. If you go, if you go with what got you here, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Yeah, the identity was huge for us, and Coach Hurley's known for his toughness and rebounding and, and his defense. So we knew if we stick to that, everything else will go into its place. Now, take us inside the locker room during halftime of the NCAA tournament games. You faced Iona. For all of our young listeners, maybe couldn't stay up too late at night. St. Mary's. Arkansas, Gonzaga, Miami, San Diego State. You won all these games by double digits. Everyone has scouting reports. Everybody has rally cries. Rick Pitino is probably stomping his feet saying, we're going to come back. We're going to get these guys. What kind of Jedi tricks was Coach Hurley doing that allowed you to win these games by double digits? You beat Arkansas by 30 and Gonzaga by another 28, 30 points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Coach Hurley was definitely... A lot more relaxed, a lot more peaceful than how he normally is. And I think that's just a credit to him changing as a coach. But I think just having that calm, cool, collected that he was in halftime. I mean, people forget, like, we were losing to Iona at halftime. And he wasn't coming and yelling at us. He knew that Iona couldn't sustain what they were doing offensively and just we're playing great. We just got to step it up defensively and just trying to withstill that confidence inside of us, knowing that we're a great team and that we shouldn't let a couple threes that they made discourage us or a couple missed layups that we had discourage us and knowing that no team, none of those teams that face a team that like us. Like Absolutely. We're, we're one of a kind and we know what we were capable of and we knew if we could go on that run that we always had during the game, no team could come back. We just always to maintain that lead. Absolutely. And it main, maintained true for six games. Now, on the flip side, last year, what you saw as a redshirt would he freak out a little bit at halftime of a game you were down by two or three? Oh, I definitely think so. I think he'd just, he'd yell, he'd yell. I mean, every coach yells, but he'd yell and like, you know, I think, I wouldn't say nervous, but I think he'd just, you know, I th- I don't know how to word it, but he would yell and I think you could tell he was a little more anxious and just, you know, not so, you know, happy with how we were playing. And I think that could have affected some of our team, but... I think he may have thought it was like a motivational way to get us going and stuff. And I think he just found another alternative that really just enjoy the moment, embrace the moment, embrace the arena, embrace everything, and just 
take it in and then just go out there and play. Soak it all in. I love it. Mm-hmm. Joseph, go ahead. You want to fire off another I'm one? I'm just going to say one thing. I remember that Iona game that you guys played. I was in my basketball practice. My dad was staying home to watch that game. <laughs> and I kept um, telling my friend's dad, what's the score of the UConn game? And then he <laughs> said, they're up 12 with two minutes to go. You're, you, they're going to win. And I said, okay. So you were able you were able to calm down yeah. at your own practice? Okay, good. That's good. <laughs> we were at the Hartford Parade. 45,000 fans. Describe your day in view from the championship bus. I never thought Hartford could get that packed. I mean, <laughs> seeing all the fans, seeing everyone just go crazy and just the support that we had during the season was really felt. I mean, we knew Albany was packed, Houston was packed, Vegas was packed with UConn fans, but coming back to like where home was for us, I mean, it just really solidified everything and I think that's when it really started to sink in that we were national champs and seeing how much the city really loved us seeing how much the city supported us was meaningful for us I mean I still can't get over how many people were there the Yukon <laughs> the Yukon chants happening in the streets of Hartford the confetti the everything really was just so special and um you know it's just a cool moment to look back on and something that we'll never forget and we want to make history to where Yukon fans won't forget this national championship run as well Definitely I'd, never forget it. My dad, um, he accidentally started one. Uh, he started a chant by mistake <laughs> because we saw Connor walking by, and my dad asked, you got any piece of the net on you? And he said, yeah, this is from Jackson. I got to hold it. <laughs> and then after he went away, my dad screamed Yukon, and then everybody started the chant. But then everybody started the chant, yeah, and I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, they were all looking died. at me. <laughs> it just died. It would, it would be like Big Red starting the U and then just getting distracted and forgetting the rest. <laughs> well, Connor gave him a piece of the net to hold, and I didn't think he had it on him. We know him because he's been on the pod, and we see him at the Yard Goats games, and he's walking around with it probably today, yeah. you know, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's how I bowl them, right, Joe? <laughs> All right. Well, you had some incredible passes, the long quarterback throw that never touched the ground, some big-time three-pointers, Crafty plays at the rim all tournament. Starting with limiting Gonzaga's superstar, Drew Timmy. Tell us a little bit about your individual assignments on defense and your role in some of the final four games. Yeah, I think I had many different roles throughout the entire run, really. I mean, from playing Miami's Jordan Miller, I think he's one of the most underrated players in the country, to where I felt confident, the coaching staff felt confident with me matching up with him due to how I would learn and grow from playing Bryce Hopkins, Arthur Kluma, Omax Prosper, Zach Fremantle, to where I played those strong veteran forwards to where they think I could match up with another veteran forward, and I think I did a great job on that. And then we go to a game like Gonzaga to where I was matched up with Watson, who is a tremendous talent as well, but you could more help off him to help Adama out when he's helped me out when I played those forwards, so kind of mix and match there. And so some roles I was more of like a helping, helping defensive role just to help our guards out help Adama out, just be in the help side, just be in the pick and roll help against St. Mary's especially. You really had help on those pick and rolls. And then some matchups I had a guard, Jordan Miller, Arkansas, I had a guard, Ricky Council. So trying to shut down their two, arguably two best players on respected teams. So it changed throughout the tournament. And then really I just tried staying in my role. I know we had Jordan. I know we had Adama who were superstars. And 
I think if I was able to do my role of rebound, make those passes, use my IQ offensively and defensively and knock down the open shot, that's all the team really needed. And I know the team could go further if I did stay within my role. You did a fantastic job. We're so proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. You know, just, just I think for a moment, how hard is it to be a student when you're dreaming about basketball all day? And I talked to this, talk to some of our younger kids. I talked to my fifth grader here. And he, I, how was school today? Uh, you know, I'm going to be in the NBA one day. <laughs> I want to really badly. You know, he's he can give you the list of the hottest sneakers. But sometimes, sometimes he can't tell me what he, what he did in language arts or, or social studies. So, but how important is it to be in school? Oh, it's so important. I've, if you don't know, we're student athletes and students first. So, you know, my mom, she's so big on me with academics. Like, I'm a computer science major, if okay. people don't know that. So, that's, you know, that's just an additional factor on what I got to go through. And basketball, when I'm done basketball... I think the night before the championship game, I submitted my econ quiz, my um, computer science homework. I was doing all my homework right before that game, and that was right before the Miami game too. So, you know, you just got to stay on top of that stuff. And Wait, you had homework the night before the games? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told our academic advisor, I'm not turning it in late. That's what soft people do. That's what soft turn, people do. I had to turn in my homework on time no matter what. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but, I love it. You know, it's just, you know, my mom always talks about when basketball's over, what are you going to do? you got to find other passions. you got to find other hobbies. And that's what the coaching staff's on me about, too. So, you know, that's try, trying to find an identity outside of basketball as well. So, you know, whether that's in computer science or whether that's in something else educationally, you know, the ball is eventually going to stop. So, you know, you just got to find other things that you like. That's good to know. And Joe loves computers, but what to do when the ball stops? Sometimes it stops on age. Sometimes it stops on talent. Sometimes it stops on injury. Then what are you going to do? Exactly. Can't just stay in the rec room and be the fort- an announcer. Well, we, we know you have a good road on the <laughs> announcing part, but you can't just Fortnite, Fortnite the whole night. You know what no. I mean? So my, that's- cousin, my cousin just got um, scholarships to um, Syracuse. Boo! Where's my boo button? Do I have a boo button? For academics. You're out! Syracuse and, um, like... Providence keeps like begging him like six times already. So Send you him said six scholarships. You said Syracuse and Providence. Yep. To a UConn basketball player. Yeah. How could you we do that? We can't do that. We don't want <laughs> Alex to walk out early on. The... <laughs> no, that's that's good for him though. You know, any offer is good. <laughs> so yeah, school. Stay in school, kids. It's very important. Even though you're very close to getting your ultimate dream, you always have to have other things. You have to be coachable, mm-hmm. like I always tell you as well, Joseph. And this is coming from a youngster that you want to be just like. You want to move over chairs. Have a little guy interviewing you with a character shirt on of the whole team yeah. with your mug on it. Look at that. You could have your face on a shirt one day. I know. <laughs> well, many years from now, Alex, what do you think will be your fondest memories of playing in Las Vegas, then Houston, and on Championship Monday for UConn's fifth national championship? It feels so good to say that. I know. <laughs> um <laughs> Of course, the memories of how the games were and just really, I think in Vegas, I think just the excitement to make it to the Final Four was amazing. Just we really like reflected after that, like we really could win this all. And then eventually going that Monday night, winning it all. That's just something I'll never forget. Just standing on that platform, lifting up that trophy, lifting up everything as a team was special. Cutting down the nets, something I really didn't do except for one time in high school. So just something I won't forget, but... 
I, th- I really think just the off-court moments that we have with our team is going to be so special. I mean, you'll forget about some of the losses. You'll forget about some of the games. But you'll obviously never forget about the March Madness run. And you'll never forget about those memories that you made with your teammates off the court. And, you know, this group had so many different personalities. This group just really meshed well together. And, you know, they're my brothers for life. So I'm going to stay in contact with them no matter what happens to them. And, you know, it was just really a special group. And we have an unbreakable bond due to winning the national championship. Exactly. It seems like you had a great chemistry and a great brotherhood together. Now, had you ever been to Vegas or Texas before? Uh, I've been to a different, a different part of Texas, but I had been to Vegas for like AU and stuff. Okay. Okay. Um, what I'm thinking, Joe, is do you have a little bit of time? You want to do a little quick reaction? Joe will come up with a word that we carefully designed, unlike the plays that were completely wrong. <laughs> um, and or, words are people. And you just share the first uh, couple of things that come to mind when you hear them. You want to do that? All right, Joseph, go ahead. Start him off with a, with a maybe a, an easy pitch. No slider and no curveball just yet. <laughs> Adamo Sanogo. Ooh, hard worker, great leader, set the standard, and really relieved a lot of pressure off me as the other forward. Jordan Hawkins. The best shooter I've ever played with. <laughs> One of Going to be such a special player. And, yeah, he's just a one-of-a-kind Coach Kamani Young. Coach Kamani Young. <laughs> Energetic, passionate about basketball. Great, just a great coach to learn from. Will be a great head coach one day in the future. And, you know, he, well, side note, he worked me out every home game when I was redshirting. So he really helped my development. That's just something cool that he was able to do. Yeah, the, st- the staff really is tremendous. I mean, you got Tom Moore, who's a holdover essentially from the Jim Calhoun days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders. It- it's kind of fun that, you know, the family that he's involved in, you know, is, I don't yeah, know if you've yeah. ever seen Caddyshack before, but his dad is legendary. And, um, and you know, obviously Hurley is very passionate and uh, it just seems like they're world-class uh, staff. No, yeah, they're definitely, and I think it's the best coaching staff. I mean, everyone knows about Coach Hurley, but they don't really look into the assistant coaches to where Coach Moore, like you said, did have that. He's won three national championships now, so he's got that experience. He knows what to do, and, you know, he knows what it takes. And you got Coach Murray, who I think is one of the best offensive-minded coaches I've ever been around or ever seen. I mean, the passion that he has for basketball, just always talking about basketball, always just knowing what to do, always knows how to get the best out of players. He just... He just has such a unique and, like, I don't know how to word it. Like, his, he knows every stat. He knows literally everything about basketball. You can get to him, talk to him. Just He's just such a cool dude and just an amazing coach. And then same thing with Coach Young. I mean, he brings the intensity every day in practice. He'll, he, a couple times during this year, he made us restart practice because we weren't going hard enough. And you're like, damn, Coach, come on. But, you know, he brings the intensity. And, you know, he's just really trying to get the best out of you and, you know, he's a hard worker. His workouts can be killer sometimes, but, you know, it's just to be a better player. That's great. That's great. Southboro, Massachusetts. <laughs> That's home. That's home for me. I mean, that raised me to the kid I am, just having my friends play pickup there, just flag football days to kickball days. I mean, I just love Southboro so much. Ray Allen. Oh, <laughs> UConn legend. The only one with his jersey retired. That's something special at UConn. So, you know, Celtics legends, of course. You know, as a Celtics fan. So, just a legend. Shabazz Napier. He was my role model looking up when he was 
him playing against Florida in the Final Four was the first time I watched a full college basketball game. <laughs> and seeing him kill Florida and do his thing and then also realizing he is from Massachusetts as well, I looked up to it. It's like, all right, I want to play at UConn too. That was the first full basketball game you saw? Is that the one where he ran out of the gym after he... No, no, in the Final Four. Oh, in the Final Four, okay. 2014, I think, yeah. Now do you find yourself watching more NBA games, more college games, or just kind of decompressing and tuning out from basketball and maybe watching sitcoms and movies? What do you... What do yeah. you... Uh, I've, during the season, I've only watched college basketball games. Okay. And then now I'm watching NBA playoffs. I love the NBA playoffs. Okay. And then I've been getting into horror movies lately. I hate scary stuff, but I've realized if I want to become a man, I have to overcome that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the Boston Celtics. Greatest NBA franchise there is. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yep. Swimming race. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was my first sport, and I was – little fun fact. I was second in, in the state in swimming, Ooh. freestyle, and butterfly. I lost by a tenth of a second at Boston University in the championship, which – Still haunts me to this day, but <laughs> was my first real good sport that I was at. Yeah, butterfly is very tough, and Joseph takes swimming lessons. Now, so if we have you come over for a picnic this summer, um, <laughs> my wife says that I'm faster in the water than I am on land. Would would you accept a challenge to go, uh, you know, uh, freestyle or cross stroke or maybe just hold breath underwater? Oh, yeah, just give me a pair of goggles, and I'm, I'm up for whatever. But if So if I limit the goggles, that will put you at a little bit of a disadvantage? or I won't be able to go as fast, but I'll still win. <laughs> well, we're, it's going to be goggleless Alex Caravan versus versus uh, Dad here. I'm going to have scuba goggles on. Dad, the only moving you do in the pool is on the wall. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Calamari. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> um, Joe, I, that's dirty. I think, <laughs> I You're think, right, these. I think it's a great appetizer at any <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> that's the only comment you have? That's all I have to say about Calamari. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> San Diego State. Great team. I mean, great mid-major. I mean, they made it to the national championship. you got to give yeah. them respect. I mean, they were old. They were very experienced, and... You know, it's a team that you wouldn't really want to face just from their experience and how well they handled Alabama, how they beat Creighton, and how they were able to be relentless and come back against FAU. So, you know, a scary opponent, but a super talented team. I wanted to face FAU. <laughs> Why is that? It's just I wanted to see how they do, like, all those backdoor cuts and stuff. Oh, okay. And facing Gaffney. Yeah. And Gaffney uh, yeah. transferred on <laughs> over there. Facing Gaffney would be cool, but those back cuts wouldn't work. We work on those every day. What a uh, what a classy what a classy answer though on the San Diego State. I would have just said runners up. My favorite answer was a calamari. Oh, I know. Let's stick with mozzarella sticks or something like that. All right, so we'll get you out of here on this. What other than the Sliders and Curveballs podcast, which is epic, and you've never done anything like it in your life, (laughs) and maybe the parade. What what's what's the most fun you've had since the championship? I think really just going back to class and just seeing how the students are. I think just the passion that they have and just the celebrations that they have. I mean, I don't suggest what they did was smart on campus when we got True. back. True. True. What was it? Well, you know, uh, crashing light posts and oh, things. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't suggest that, but I think just seeing the excitement that they have for our team. I mean, just really cheering for us, applauding for us everywhere we go, and just the love that they have and seeing the – you know, on the highway now when you're about to get off to go to UConn, you see the five national championships signed with the other national championships. So then 
seen really everywhere on the buses, on the ground, banners really hanging up everywhere of the work that we did. And I think it's just special because we worked hard for the school and we want to make the school proud and the school is proud of us and they reflect that back to us by showing their way. Yes, we definitely are as fans, Joseph and I and Joe's mom and all of our friends and family. We, we thank you for making such a magical memory for us. Yep. And you're going to remember it forever. These students will say years <coughs> from now, I was in Alex Caravan's class <laughs> or I was there when they won the national championship. How, how, how are you really looking forward to going? To, I understand you're going to go to Europe this August. Yes, we're going to Europe in, yeah, in August. Yeah. So you've, have you ever been there before? I've never been out the country. I was going to say, you're a world traveler if you've been to Europe as well. So that's got to be something that's going to be so exciting. I'm so excited. I mean, even just to play the teams there, I'm just more excited like really just explore the city. And I think, of course, looking far ahead, I think it's just going to be a huge bonding experience for us with really five new freshmen coming in, just a whole yeah. new team. Absolutely. Try new food, see new experiences, soak it all in. <laughs> Send us a few pictures if you like. <laughs> and uh, then we'll bring you back again maybe when you uh, when you win title number two. Would that be a challenge that we can issue? We can definitely do that. You know, Brianna Stewart, she won four in four years, right? I do know that, and that is a very impressive task. And she said she was going to do it before, right? She did say that? Yeah. Oh, she wow. says, I'm coming to the school to win four titles. That's what's yeah. happening now. Caravan's coming to win all his four. Duh, I want to win four. Why not? Let's do it. I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Well, thank you so much yeah. for making the trek from stores to our studio here in Hartford. Uh-huh. And um, Joseph, I love you as always. Love thank you. you so much for uh, sharing in this experience with me as we learn sports. And Alex, we can't wait to uh, talk to you again when you have a ring on each finger. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you so much. That's definitely the goal. And, you know, mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you to UConn Nation for the continuous support and belief in us even through some struggles that we had absolutely you are the best and congratulations alex carabran and uh he's a 2023 national champion yes sir thank you so much i hope to see adam silver announce your name (laughs) i hope to the the celtics oh Oh, and you want to call the team Yes. Okay. Well, That's really picky. Well, not with the late pick. Not with the late pick. And very, very early pick. You know, How I'll, about we trade with like the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> for the number one pick? You know, Portland or Boston, I will be happy to play for any team. But, you know, it's, the Celtics will always have a soft spot for me. <laughs> you want to hear the Portland Trailblazers trade Damian Lillard for, for Alex Caravan. <laughs> Straight up. Let's do it. Straight up. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, y'all got to pursue goals and dreams, and we want yours to come true. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time on the podcast, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. He had those against Buffalo. Caravan, step out three. Really got him going early, though, don't you think? Sure did. 14 early in this game. In the corner, Caravan. Number 20, he had eight turnovers, a season high in that game against UConn. Caravan. Cause it will have to come up short. On this end, the Huskies won for their last nine. Caravan, late game. It's rejected by a cook, but they keep it out to Caravan. Interesting to see if Caravan can get a three to go. And uh, feels like it's educated, and we'll let them know. Be disruptive. 
possession by UConn. Fake handoff there by Sonogo. Why not? He has to keep the gap. Got away with it. He's got a trail on that. Nice work by Diara to follow it. Caravan. Mark for Jackson. Shots are tough under duress. And here comes the other Jackson. And he finds that coach on the floor. He's the right guy. No question. Not afraid to guard the other team's best players. Caravan. That was a little hard for him because he usually drains that. Feet set up in the air. Connecticut. Feels like there's 500 people. Yeah, I know, right? Caravan got free. Ross, he's number five. He's covering New.